since that first launch did so well, I think my expectations were way too high. And then I just had another launch at the beginning of this week, and it did not come close to the first one. What is up, everyone? I'm Kyle, and I am the host and founder of the Freedom to Fail podcast and Fail Nation, a community where failing while pursuing our dreams is a positive and taking uncertain chances is celebrated. This podcast is for those who have a dream of starting a business or doing something they've always dreamed of, but have been held back by their fears. Our purpose is to share the unsuccessful stories of successful people so that you can learn how to take the first steps towards achieving your dreams. You deserve to live a life full of freedom and free of fear. Let's do this. Okay, how are you doing, London? I'm good. How are you? Good. So London is generous enough to sit down with me and talk a little bit about her business that is called Muse Supply, right? Yes. Do you want to give a little bit of a background of what that is for our listeners? Yeah, so it's um, handmade jewelry. It's all gold-plated, and I'm keeping it like super affordable and trendy. Okay, very cool. So obviously, this is a podcast for like entrepreneurs mainly, just people starting their own businesses or who want to. So what got you this idea? Um, I was working for another online store, e-commerce for like two years. So I had a lot of experience in that. And I knew like my long-term goal was to start something of my own. So. Okay. That's interesting to me. I want to jump into that a little bit. So you said you've always wanted to start something of your own. Mm -hmm. Has it always been the case for you? Like, have you always been an entrepreneur since you were a kid? Um, I think so. I feel like, like when I was working there, I got this mindset that I was working so hard to make someone else rich. Mm. And like, once I realized that I'm like, I, I, there's no way I can like do that forever if I can be doing it for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a similar experience. I went selling door to door pest control of all in California. And while I was out there, I was just like, why am I doing this for someone else? Yeah. Like I can literally start this for myself, yeah. do something similar. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started my window cleaning business that I have there. So I definitely get that. Yeah. You said you start, you worked with an online e-commerce company before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some of the like biggest lessons that you learned that you're applying in this business? Um, so I started there in the warehouse okay. doing shipping, processing all the freight. Um, and then I switched to social media, did that for a while and then switched to merchandising. So I feel like I kind of got every single like position and aspect in that, um, business. So I feel like that was super, super helpful. What did you like most? Like which position out of all those did you connect with the most? Um, probably more of the like merchandising. I was like picking out the clothes, okay, that kind of thing. Like having more of a, I don't know, control on like what was going on in the business. Yeah. You're being a little more creative yeah. too, I'm guessing. Yeah. With that now you translate it and you bring that into this business with Muse Supply. How long did it take you from when you had the idea to being able to have everything ready for launch? It's kind of a funny story. I ended up leaving my job like pretty abrupt, like was not the plan. Um, but I'd been making jewelry for like years for like Christmas presents, yeah. you know, whatever. So I've had this stuff and I had the idea like six months before I started. I was, didn't do anything like 
didn't make any steps or whatever. But once I decided to quit my job, it was like two and a half weeks of me just like doing everything. And then, yeah, I started it right after that two week period. (laughs) So you had the idea for like six months before, kind of had it on hold. It was just sitting Uh there for a little while. Yeah. And then... Basically, you just abruptly ended your job and two weeks later, you're just going for it. Yes. Wow. That is, <laughs> that is crazy. That yeah. is very, very, very yes. fast. So what did you do in that two weeks time to make sure that you had everything ready? Like what, I guess, what were you working on in those two weeks? Um, I had to make sure I had every item I actually wanted to sell done and I had enough of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the Shopify account, set that all up with just everything that the website needed, the pictures, um, making, now, had you already used Shopify with your previous yeah, company? Okay. Yeah. So there wasn't, that was pretty helpful. Uh-huh. I feel like if I hadn't, there would have been like, a, that would have been much harder, Yeah, but I do feel like I was lucky cause I had a lot of experience already. Um, I did all the like legal business registration stuff, building like social media presence, that kind of stuff. So for all of the listeners out there, London released it. What was it? Like two weeks ago, three weeks ago yeah, now? Like two and a half. So, so this weeks is ago. a brand new business, <laughs> yeah. like very, very brand new. And it's really interesting because I've wanted to kind of talk to new entrepreneurs on this biz- on this podcast a lot more and just be able to provide our listeners with more data points along the road because so far most of it has just been people that have already had a really successful mm-hmm. business. So I want people to be able to relate a lot more with our listeners depending on where they are in the journey with that. So you just started a couple of weeks ago, brand new, but when you started, you crushed it. Like your first launch, you basically sold out like immediately, right? Yeah. yeah. So that is like the number one thing for new businesses is you got to have sales. If you don't get sales, you're not going to stay around enough for uh, launch number two or for Mm -hmm. anything like that. Yeah. So how did you go about kind of spreading word about this and really driving, I guess, awareness towards your new business to get to the point where you could sell out your first launch? Um, I actually didn't really tell anyone what I was doing until the night before I posted it on my own Instagram. And I kind of like led up to it with the funny story. I like posted how I left my job. And then I had a, um, Etsy store when I was like seven of jewelry. So I like posted that. And then I was like, this is what it's <laughs> come to kind of thing. And then I just kind of built up that it's launching at noon and then it happened. <laughs> so for our listeners, how much in revenue did you do that first day? If you don't mind sharing. Um, a little over 2000 That is crazy. Just brand new. Basically, let's say you had the idea for two weeks or for six months before, but you really didn't do much with Mm-mm. it for, except for like the first two weeks before that. Yeah. So within two weeks, you got it set up to the point where you could do $2,000 on the first day. And it's not like you're selling big ticket items. Like no. These items are not things that cost hundreds and hundreds yeah. of dollars. That's one of your po- po- uh, focuses, right? Mm-hmm. Is to make it affordable. Yeah. So for example, I bought some jewelry as well the first day to be able to support London and buy some for like my sisters and stuff. And I got three things and it cost me like 35 bucks. So it's very, very affordable. So that makes the number like the $2,000 (laughs) a lot more impressive too, when you think about it that way. So what has been the response from the people that have bought the product from you so far? Um, good. I've been seeing a ton of people posting it, which 
Like, it's just crazy to me when I see <laughs> people posting it. But what's been your yeah. favorite response that you've got or like favorite message from a customer, anything like that? There's this girl I like hardly know her, but she bought a ton of things. And she posted that just basically saying supporting small businesses, how she loved it. And then there was this other girl who I also, we went to high school together, but I don't know her personally. And she messaged me. She's like, I just think this is the coolest thing. Like, I don't know. I know we're not close at all, but like, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) That is so nice. (laughs) How did that make you feel when you got that message? Good. Motivated (laughs) to keep going. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. On the other end of it, have you gotten any feedback from customers saying this product isn't what I expected yet? Or has it mostly been kind of positive stuff? Yeah, not yet. Because I feel like definitely the first launch was a lot of people I know like supporting me. Yeah. Yeah, So I feel like no one would (laughs) say to me like this sucks. (laughs) So with that, because that's going to happen eventually, like for all businesses, they're always going to find, there's always going to be somebody who comes in regardless of what you do, who isn't impressed with your business or with your product or anything like that. Mm Mm-hmm. What are you doing or how are you prepared to handle something like that versus letting it basically knock you down and kind of put you out of business? I don't even know yet. (laughs) I would probably be pretty sad, but I would have to like put into perspective how many people are supporting me versus like the one to whatever people that aren't. Yeah. And I think that's a huge thing for our listeners out there just to to remember is because for the most part, you're going to have a lot more people as long as you're doing something right and mm-hmm. like giving a good product, you're going to have more people who like your product than who don't like it. But you're going to spend more time thinking about the people who yeah. don't like it. Yeah. And I don't know. Have you ever heard of Rachel Hollis? Yes. Okay. Yep. So Love her. I don't remember if it was like on one of her podcasts or one of her books or wherever it was, but she was talking about how on Amazon, she had posted one of her or one of her books had thousands of reviews and the majority of them were super positive. And then one of them came in basically and was like, Rachel Hollis is a fraud. She does not do her job well. Like this book sucks. Just yada da. So many bad things about it. And she said that for weeks, she just sat there and was like, wow, like, maybe I should just stop doing everything that I'm doing because she was dwelling so much on that one negative feedback that she had gotten versus the hundreds of positive feedback that she had received from not just friends and family, but from random people who had been inspired by her story too. So that's a lesson that I've had to learn too, that you're going to learn and that all of our listeners out there as well need to remember is that even if you get some bad feedback, which you're going to have, which you're going to have, especially usually right off the bat when you haven't refined your processes yet, mm-hmm. you have to remember to stay positive and to remember the the positive interactions that you have with your customers. Yeah. And that's why I was asking about those, like what your favorites have been, because those are the things that we as entrepreneurs really need to hold on to, because those are what remind us of why we started mm-hmm. this business in the first place. Yeah. So talking about kind of the reasons why we wanted to start businesses for you. Like what is it about starting a business that gets you excited? Being my own boss, like hopefully working up to that and just having my own flexibility to do whatever I want and run this however I want. So what do you want to do with that extra uh, free time that you want to create for yourself? I want to travel Okay. once it's ready and available. (laughs) Oh goodness. COVID. So fun. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So with that as well, obviously that's a big long-term vision with Mm -hmm. 
it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of years to be able to get to that point. Where do you envision this company, Muse Supply, going or being in five to 10 years? Like, where would you want it to be? I would definitely hope it's like my full income and hopefully have like a team Mm -hmm. at least. What would you want to do and what would you want to hire other people to do in the business? I don't even know. I feel like I, I like have to do everything myself. (laughs) So I, that would kind of be hard for me. Probably social media. I don't really like doing that. You don't like that? Yeah. So I'd probably need someone for that. Someone to help me make it. That's very time consuming. Yes. Um, probably just like the little things at first and then just see where it goes. Cool. Those are a lot of the questions just about kind of your background with Muse Supply and all that stuff. I want to talk a little bit more about that as well before we jump into more of the questions about like failure and just like personal stuff too. Mm -hmm. With Muse Supply, how has your day-to-day changed compared to when you used to work for that other e-commerce? Oh, like completely. Now that I'm like, it's almost like hard because... I can do whatever I want. I can stay in bed all day if I want. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like I'm very good at having a schedule and like a routine. So that's nice to be able to do my morning routine, do whatever, and then come down to my office and start working. So what do you, you say you set a schedule for yourself. Do you have kind of a, a set list of like different goals that you want to accomplish each day, yeah. like marketing, sales, that kind of thing? Or how do you go about creating your day-to-day? Um, I start with checking my email, seeing what's going on, if I have new supplies coming. Um, it just kind of depends so far. It's depended on like what I have coming up. The past two weeks, I was getting ready for my Valentine's Day or yeah, my Valentine's collection. So I was doing a lot with like I had to take pictures, had to design the ba- website banners, make the stuff. So it just kind of depends. Okay. How much do you think you work now versus when you were at your other job? Uh, I think a lot more actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, especially just cause how fast I started, I like had to, mm-hmm. I was not sleeping. I was working from like the second I woke up till like 10 or 11 at night. That's crazy. Yeah. And I feel like every entrepreneur out there can kind of relate a little bit to that because I don't know if this was the case for you, but for me, a lot of that had to do with the fact that I had no idea what I was doing. And so I just like, it wasn't like I was sitting around being lazy, but I also had no idea where to begin with my day. Usually like I would set a schedule of like things I wanted to do and I would get it done and I'd be like, okay, cool. Well, like, what do I do now? (laughs) I have no idea what to do with all this. And so I don't know, has that been the case for you at all? (laughs) When I was working at my job, I feel like it was a lot easier to have like every day was planned out because I was just doing one certain thing. I was either doing all social media, all warehouse stuff, all merchandising. And now it's like everything. So sometimes I'm like, I don't even know where to start with this. I know everything I need to do and I think I know how to do it, but it's like can be overwhelming seeing everything that yeah. I feel like I need to do before that. That's something that I want to touch on because a lot of people, myself included, they can hit a wall real fast. They can experience burnout extremely, extremely fast when it comes to starting a business because at first when you start, you have all that enthusiasm, that adrenaline, and it's super fun to just push through because you feel like you're building this. 
but eventually you're going to get super tired, physically worn out because you can't like, you can't sustain those 18 to 20 hour work days that we do a lot of times. So what is it that you do to still take care of yourself so that you don't experience too much of a burnout? I have like certain things during the day I'll go do to kind of break it up. Like every morning I'll go to Starbucks in the middle of the day. I'll take my dog on a walk. So it's not like I have something to look forward to, Yeah, but I still really like, like what I'm doing. So I'm not. I haven't quite hit that first one yet. (laughs) No, but that's a really smart thing that you do because that's something that I've heard a lot of people that do, they do it with success is have giving themselves something to look forward to throughout the day, Yeah, whether it be a super nice lunch with their spouse or just with a friend or whatever, whether it be going to the gym to work off some of that energy and stress going to like a movie later at night or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be, just like setting those things so that you're not just working. Yeah. Eight to just having that balance. Hours. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you work continuously, number one, your productivity is going to just plummet yeah. drastically. I don't know if this is the case for you or for our listeners out there, but the longer that I stay working without taking a break, the more my productivity goes down. I can find myself staring at a computer screen for an hour but only working for like 10 minutes yeah. of that hour just because I just am so overwhelmed and I yeah. haven't been able to like refresh myself. Mm-hmm. And so this is one thing that I've learned that I can't remember where I heard it either, but basically someone said for every hour you work, work for 50 minutes and then take a 10 minute break. And I was like, well, I'm going to lose so much time working that day because that's 80 minutes, like more than an hour that I am not working. Yeah. But I tried that out. And for me, it worked. It's, I'm not saying this will work for everyone, but for me, it worked because it helped me kind of decompress, get all the stress off my plate, just take a few minutes to recenter myself. And then when I sat back down 10 minutes later, I was good to go and I was just as sharp. And so it basically was like a, the start of a new day every single hour. So oh. that was something that really helped me stay focused and productive. Okay. So we've talked a lot about Muse Supply. Super excited for you. you you've been crushing it so far. Thank you. <laughs> I want to go talk about some of the struggles to get to this point now, okay. both business-wise, work-wise, and also just like personally, because the whole point of this is like, we all go through struggles. We all, whether it be professionally or just like in our families or whatever the case may be, like depression, mental health, like all that. We all suffer from some sort of thing in our past or multiple things, depending on who you are, um, that really made it hard for us for at least a certain period of time to stay motivated and to want to be able to find that success. So for you in your life, just personally, what would you say has been the biggest failure or challenge that you've had to face? I think recently it's been like not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. I feel like growing up, I had a plan. I wanted to be a hairstylist and then open my own salon. And then once I went, I was going to go to school and I just lost all desire. And so the past couple of years, I've been like, what am I going to do? Like, I can't just like, I have to figure something out. I need to go to school. I need to go figure whatever out. Everyone else is graduating. Everyone else has all these good jobs. So like comparing myself to that and feeling like I'm behind was definitely something that was hard. So how did you feel in that case? Because you said that before you felt very sure on the path that you were on, Mm -hmm. that you were going to be a hairstylist and have your own salon and all that. But then you hit the wall 
where you decide, oh, wait, this actually isn't what I want. Yeah. And you see your friends out there going towards their goals, but you're stuck. How did you feel in that moment when you realized that you had kind of hit your own wall? Oh, yeah. I like moved home at the beginning of COVID too. And so I just like felt dumb. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. In that situation when you felt, I don't know if stalled is the right word, yeah. but what did you do to decide that this was going to be the path? Like what were the steps that you took to kind of get out of that rut that you were in? Um, so I was decided I would stay at my job until I just figured something out. Cause I realized I don't need to be in a rush. I'm 21. Like I can chill a little bit. Yeah. So I was just kind of waiting and there was a lot of things going on at my job why I ended up leaving. And once that happened, it just kind of felt like this is the time I can do it. So I felt like it was a good time to start it. Walk me through that a little bit. Cause I'm trying to figure out when you stopped wanting to be a hairstylist and when you started wanting to do a jewelry thing, <laughs> when did that happen? Uh, I stopped. I mo- when I moved down to Orem yeah. was when I was going to go to hair school. Okay. And like within a couple weeks of moving down there, I'm like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't know if I even knew that. Yeah, we actually it was were really weird. <laughs> yeah. We actually were neighbors. That's yes. how we met. So. Yes. Huh, yeah. I didn't know that. Very cool. <laughs> yes. Let's talk a more, a little bit more about failure. Okay. Because failure, obviously, is the point of this podcast, struggle, but it's what we do after those failures that really defines who we are as people and as entrepreneurs. In the two and a half (laughs) weeks that it's been since you started this, have there been any major setbacks that, or even minor setbacks that have been of note, whether it be supply chain or logistics, like sending out those packages or your website or anything like that? Uh, yes, there's been a couple. <laughs> um, the Probably the biggest one was since that first launch did so well, I think my expectations were way too high. And then I just had another launch at the beginning of this week and it did not come close to the first one. I like set it live. I'm waiting to hear the Shopify ching. I'm yeah. like, uh, what's going on? <laughs> and so I think definitely like in my mind from that first one, I thought it's only going to go up from here. Yeah. And then it didn't. And I felt I, that day I felt very discouraged, but then I realized like, this is just what's going to happen. I'm going to figure it out. So how long did you let yourself be discouraged that day? Uh, a couple hours. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So in that moment, I think that's a really good lesson though. And something to point out is number one, when we first start a business, we have no idea how it's going to go. Yeah. And so if we start super, super well, then like you said, we only think it's going to get better every single time. Now, what I've learned from talking to a lot of different entrepreneurs in all different markets is that your grand opening is going to be your best day for at least a few months usually, which is the hardest (laughs) thing to wrap your mind around because you get so excited and then you start planning all these vacations that you can take with all this extra money that you're (laughs) going to make. But then that doesn't happen the next time you have a launch there. And so it's just a matter of setting realistic expectations, not selling yourself short because I think a lot of times when we hear the phrase be realistic, it's somebody telling us to not shoot for our dreams. Mm -hmm. So that's not what I mean in this case. What I mean is be realistic in the sense that you recognize that there's going to be highs and lows along the journey and just recognize that that's okay. Like you're going to have some really high highs and you're going to have some really, really, really low lows. It's just a matter of 
recognizing that it doesn't matter what happened the next day it's what, or what happened the day before. It's what happens today mm-hmm. that matters because just because you had a billion dollars in sales yesterday, if you don't continue doing that work, it's going to drop off completely. Yeah. It's a really big roller coaster there. And so one thing as well that you said too, is you said that you were discouraged a little bit after that happened for a few hours. And I think that that's something that as humans or as entrepreneurs, I guess, is more natural is we tend to just push right through the the emotion stage and we try to not feel emotions as much as possible or as little as possible. Yeah. Because we don't want to have those emotions really determine what happens in business. But it's also super important to feel them because if you don't, then you're just going to become a robot and you're not going to be able to enjoy those little victories that you have. Yeah. Whether it be big or small, always give yourself a minute to just appreciate the journey and the struggles too, because you're going to learn from all those Mm -hmm. things. So talking about that now, with that second launch that didn't do as well as your first, what were some of the lessons that you learned from that? One thing I always have to keep in mind is that if you're working so hard for something, putting all your energy in it, it's going to pay off in the end. So definitely I had to like step back and realize if I just keep working hard, keep marketing this as much as I can, that it'll be where I want it to be eventually. So how do you put that into action in your day-to-day life? I make, I'm make, I'm a list person. So I make a lot of lists in each like category of at the beginning of every month, I also make goals of where I want to be at the end of the month with sales, Instagram, even though that's dumb, it leads to sales. Um, And like just breaking down every single step of what exactly I'm going to do to get to this goal in this amount of time. So with having all those goals and having those revenue things that you want to accomplish both short term and then long term as well, what do you think are some of the roadblocks that are standing between you and that success? Like what are some of the skills that you need to develop further that have really stood out to you? Well, I don't know yet because it's only been a couple of weeks, but like finding the right way to market it. And like getting my name out there more. Um, but it's only been a little bit, so I don't know how it'll go. Well, how do you plan on doing that? Um, with social media, mostly. I've been reaching out to like influencers. I did a couple of posted and it didn't do anything. So I'm like, I don't know if this is like the right route to take, but we'll figure it out. I want to try like email marketing next. Yeah. And one thing I was going to say about the influencer thing too, is you may not see it do much in terms of sales or revenue right now, but I don't know if you've ever heard of like the marketing golden rule. Basically it's every person needs to come across your brand at least seven times before they buy. And so even if an influencer posts about it and someone doesn't buy at first, your product is still going to be in the mind of those potential customers in the future. So that means that there's just one less time that they have to see your product before they get convinced to buy it. Because us as humans, we don't, there's a very select few that want to be the trendsetters. For the most part, people don't want to wear something that other people aren't wearing. Yeah, They don't want to feel like they missed the trend, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And so with something that's like jewelry or like fashion that like, yeah, you have those people that want to wear what nobody else is wearing to stand out. But the majority of people want to wear something that they feel like other people around them are validating that it's a good product. And so I think the influencer strategy is 
obviously as a long game, you're not going to see immediate results mm-hmm. from it, but it does still get your product in front of the customers so that they are more aware and more likely to buy it the next time they see it. So that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with your business, obviously lots of ups and downs so far. It's a roller coaster, mm-hmm. but it's still brand, brand new. Yes. What would you say are you most afraid about with your business? Probably staying at like just where I'm at right now and not, I don't want to talk like make it seem all about money, but like this is pretty much all I'm doing. I have like some freelance jobs on the side, but not being able to pay for what I need to pay for. That's would be very scary for me. And I think that's very understandable. (laughs) (laughs) Basically you don't want this to fail yeah, because (laughs) that's just something that everyone, us as humans, we genetically are worried about survival. And so that carries over into business too. And for most people, it prevents them from starting a business because the risk of failure is so high for people that have businesses. Yeah. So for you, why did the risk of failure not prevent you from starting this business? That, yeah, that's actually something I thought of a lot, a lot because there's been other things I've wanted to try in the past that I've been too scared to do. And then when I thought of this, I had no hesitation. And I was like, this is kind of weird. Like, I feel like I should be a little bit nervous, but I just felt like really good about it. And that just led me to just have more faith in myself with it. Do you think that you felt good about it because it's something that you're passionate about or just one of those feelings where they just, it just worked out that way? I think kind of both. Okay. Yeah. I like that a lot because passion is a big thing. Obviously you want to do something that you're passionate about so that you can be willing to put in those 20 hour days when they are needed. Because if you're not passionate about it, you're going to find ways to blow it off and not do it. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like too many people wait to find the perfect product Mm -hmm. and the thing that they like absolutely love most in life. And that's also another issue because a lot of times that's not going to work. Like, There are people that love, I don't know, let's say Yu-Gi-Oh cards for an example, (laughs) something random like that, that they're like super passionate about, but there's not a big business market for that. So they can't make a lot of money from that. And so it's just a matter of matching passion to growth potential in a business. And then once you can do that, then you know that you have a business worth fighting for with that. So you're a new business, obviously just getting started right now. A lot of our listeners are also new businesses that either have started or that they have ideas that they're working towards. For you, what would you say would be the three most important things for them to do getting started? Mm. Um, definitely doing your research on how everything's going to go. Like, are you using Shopify? How are you going to market? I feel like I kind of definitely had a little bit of a step because I already was doing that. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't that like learning curve, mostly with just like the Shopify website kind of stuff. So that's one is just making sure you have that all figured out. Um, I don't know. I'm so new. I don't have, I don't know. (laughs) Um, what has worked for you, I guess, what are some things that you've done that have really either worked financially for revenue or, have helped you feel less stressed out? Things that have worked financially, I'd say keeping my products at like the price point they are is definitely bringing more people in because it's like 
affordable for most people. Yeah. So that was something good. So let's talk about that for a second before we get to your last one. With that, because I know that there's, I mean, products, you have to source the product. You have to figure that out. How did you go about sourcing the product in the way that you could still sell it for the affordable prices Mm -hmm. that they are while still making money? Yeah. So I buy all my chains and charms and supplies in bulk and it's all gold plated. So it's still good quality, but it's not like... It's not full gold or anything like that. No, (laughs) no. So it's still really good quality. And when I'm buying so much in bulk, it the price goes down so much. So what advice do you have for our listeners that want to do something, not necessarily in jewelry, but just like that have a product, but they have to buy in bulk? How did you go about finding your suppliers and stuff? Um, I actually found my suppliers on Etsy, which is kind of random. Like I didn't know because when I was before I started... I was just kind of like looking around. I couldn't get onto like the big wholesale websites without my like EIN number. Yeah. So I didn't have that yet. So I found everything on Etsy and I was ordering that for a long time just when I was making stuff for people. But um, now that I'm actually on, I can look on like Fashion Go or Fair or the one you told me about, Alibaba. Alibaba, yeah. But I kind of feel like I can't find anything that I like yeah. as much as just how I've been doing it on my own. And see, that's the thing. Like with Alibaba, I use that for some of my products, but I've never done jewelry. So it's just a matter of testing a lot of different yeah. options and then seeing what works best for the market that you're in. Yeah. So. You have to be okay to lose money. Exactly. <laughs> that, <that's laughs> I bought so many things that I, like just did not work out. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really, really, really good point for businesses, <laughs> small businesses when you're just starting out. You definitely have to plan on losing money for at least the first few months and just having money go on bad product or bad like Mm -hmm. shipping options, things like that. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like you, you feel that personally. I I got a $400 charge yesterday and I was like, Oh, okay. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) The pain is real, but also the reward is real real too. So it'll pay off in the end there. So this has been awesome. I've learned a lot talking to you and this has been really just super good. I know it's going to provide a lot of value to our listeners and to our viewers out there. I want to end with what I call my like rapid round, my lightning round with a few of my favorite questions that are just more like personal based and stuff like that. So the first one is for you, what would you say is your biggest, uh, your biggest fear? Water. <laughs> water. Okay. Uh, the ocean, water slides. <laughs> Taking a shower. Just you're scared. Uh, that's fine. Just like big bodies of water. Okay. I don't know why water slides. I'm terrified. So you don't go on any of them. No. Okay. Mm-mm. Okay. Nice. <laughs> the next one is what would you say is your personal definition of failure? Probably giving up and letting myself down. I don't care if I let anyone else down, but like letting myself down would probably be my definition. So how do you know when you're letting yourself down? Like, is it just not reaching the goals you set or how do you measure that? No, just like if I were to end up giving up on this, which I do not plan to, but that's definitely what I would feel like I let myself down because I put so much into it. Okay. That's a good one. Another one is obviously personal habits and consistency are super crucial for having success in business and just being able to be successful as a person. So what is one habit that you have that helps you find success? Like I said, I like writing lists, like super helpful. Also reading a lot of like business books, 
motivational books like that too. Well, that's perfect. Cause that is actually my next question right there. What is your favorite book that oh. you've read? Um, the other day I read this book called girl boss. I read it in like eight hours. It was so good. It's the girl who started nasty gal. I don't know if you've heard about is it. Is that a le- uh, like a housekeeping? It's a, just a clothing store. Oh, never yeah. mind. Way <laughs> off, way off. And so it just was like her story telling how she started it. She started on eBay and just, it was like a, like vintage. Oh, okay. So she just like resold vintage and then she kind of like built up and started her own store. And it's like one of the biggest like hmm, online clothing stores now. It, and it grew in like five years. So that was very good. Very and you just sat down and put a full, a work, full day. work day in <laughs> reading that book. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> the last question I have is for our listeners out there that want to learn more about you and about Muse Supply and to be able to purchase your jewelry, which you all should because it's incredible. <laughs> where you. can they find out more about you and your business? Um, my website is themusesupply.com. And then my Instagram is the same thing, just at themusesupply. Perfect. Okay. And then I, I guess the last question that I have is for our list, well, from you for our listeners out there, what is one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who is on the fence trying to decide if they should start their business or not? Uh, you just have to do it and see, like, you just have to go for it. If you wait to decide, like, oh, I don't know, I don't know if this is good enough, then you'll never know. So just give it a shot. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me today. And good luck. I'm excited to see what you do in the future. Thank you. Thank you.